say once again, it's a privilege to be here tonight at Woodland Baptist Church. I love your pastor. Uh, Brother Gammon is such a, a precious man of God, and I mean that, him and his family, and serving here the years that he's been here. I think this is his, what, 52nd year, I do believe. Is that right, brother? Uh, but Brother Gammon is just a precious friend and a brother in the Lord, and uh, he has such a caring heart and such a... Uh, just a gentleman, and I appreciate you, Brother Gammon, and your family. Appreciate you, Woodland Baptist Church. Enjoyed the singing, and uh, don't take it lightly that I was invited to come be here tonight. It was good to see Brother Paul Sisk. He probably don't remember me, but about 20 years ago, we preached together at True Light Baptist Church uh, on a watch night service, I do believe. And, uh, Brother, I'm glad I'm on the winning side. And I ain't mad about it. No, I'm not mad about it. I was telling my brother that's with me over here tonight, Brother Jim Bob, I was telling him, I said, ain't you glad uh, when uh, the Robbins family was singing, Miss Marcy and them, I said, aren't you glad we ain't hung out in some contemporary outfit tonight? And I was, and I'm like, man, yeah, I'm just so glad. I feel like I'm at church, I really do. And I appreciate a church of this magnitude and size and the difference you're making in the Winston-Salem area that you haven't sold out to the ways of the world and you're still holding on to old-time religion. Uh, don't you thank God for your old-time religion? Amen. I like to call it old-time Christianity. That's what I like to call it. I just don't like it. Good to see some on here, Brother Don Richburg here, him with us tonight, and then Kel and Tracy uh, and grandbabies are with us tonight too, and I appreciate you being here as well. If you have your Bibles tonight, I know the pastor had you wave them up in the air, and I appreciate you bringing your Bible. Find the book of Joshua this evening, if you will, for a little while, in chapter number three, and uh, I'm going to do my best to not be Pharaoh tonight and not keep the people long. I'll try to let you go here directly, but I do want to share a thought with you that I trust will help you in these days that we are living in. These are some trying times that we all are going through, and uh, it's difficult, to say the least. Uh, life has changed right now for some bit. And, uh, you know, dealing with the coronavirus, the election, you're hearing all of the conspiracies, the media, knowing not who to believe. And I'll just tell you who I'm going to go on and believe. I'm going to believe God. I'm just going to believe God. And I believe God knows what's going on, and I'll just trust Him. I mean, the news media can't even get the weather right, so why do we want to believe about anything else? So I'll just believe God. But I do want to help us tonight, and I pray that God would encourage us, strengthen us, correct us, and guide us along this journey while we're here this evening. So in Joshua chapter number 3, I'm just going to read verses 1 down through verse number 4, and I'm going to give you a thought, and then we'll try to preach for just a little bit. The Bible says in Joshua 3 verse 1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Boy, we need to be going after it today. Amen. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits. That's about 1,000 feet. 
by measure uh, or a thousand yards or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it's a good little space. It says, a thousand cubits by measure, come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. And I want you to pay attention to the last part of this verse. For ye have not passed this way here to four. I want to preach tonight for a few moments on the thought of when you are where you've never been. When you are where you've never been. I have to say tonight that, as I mentioned a moment ago, I'd say all of us are at a place in time where we have never been. I've never experienced anything like this. Me just being a little shy of 50 years old, getting ready to have a birthday, I'll be 49. And in my 49 short years of living, I've never seen anything like this. I'm probably aware that there's some of you here tonight that may be older that was born either during the Depression or right before the Depression. Maybe you saw some difficult times. But you too would probably say you've never seen anything like it is today. When I look at the division in our country and the political issues of our day, and by the way, when we're still killing babies by the millions and people don't see anything wrong with that. It's a shame and disgrace not to mention the virus that is raging havoc and I do believe that it is real. Could there be some political propaganda behind it? Sure, there probably is but it is a real disease. It is affecting people's lives and it is tragedy. It is horrible. It's no fun. It's just some difficult times that we have been through. But I want to say just as though God has been with every generation down through the course of the ages in your Bible you'll find God that was there in the difficult and trying times of life God is a faithful God and God hasn't brought us this far to turn his back on the people of God yet I believe God knows exactly what's going on I don't believe God is twirling his thumbs or wrangling his hands and wondering what he's going to do next I believe God is completely completely and totally in charge and you and I might be where we've never been but I can promise you this there'll never be a place where God hasn't already been and so we may have never been here but God has already been right exactly where we are let me share with you three or four things that these people what they had while they was here. We know the story. They've been in, in the wilderness wandering for 40 years and they've been trying to get from Egypt to the promised land and to Canaan land. And we know that now that these people, there's only two that's over 40 years old and that is Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them are just youngsters, you might would say. And yet they say, and you've never been here. And these people, man, they're full of zeal and they're tired of going around in circles and they've heard the stories about the Red Sea and they've heard the stories about this. By the way, these people still got on the same shoes. How would you women do with that? I'd have to suffer a while. I love my boots. I couldn't imagine wearing one pair of cowboy boots for 40 years. What about that? One dress for 40 years. One suit for 40 years. That thing, you still wearing it, but God preserved it and it was just as popular at the end of the 40 years as 
use it was the day that you bought it. Their shoes didn't wear out. They still had plenty of things. They'd heard these stories and they was ready to go with God. But yet they got there and just before God took them to the place that they'd dreamed about, the place that God had for them, just before he got them there, they God got them to a place they'd never been. Could it be that God is about to get the people of God to the place that he so desired for us to be at in our life. But first, we've got to hang out for a little while in this place that we have never been. You say, preacher, what did they have while they was hanging out here? I'm glad you asked. By way of introduction, let me give you four things they had in this place where they had never been. Number one, you'll find in verse number one, they had the people of God. If you'll notice in verse number one, the Bible says, and Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. Watch this now. He and all the children of Israel. I don't know about you, but during these trying times and some of you have probably been through some very difficult situations. Aren't you glad that you're going through this thing not by yourself? Aren't you thankful for the people of God and the house of God that is here with you? I'll tell you something, Woodland Baptist Church, I know the church has got a bad reputation in some people's mind and in their imagination. Some people run people down, run the Christian down, and sure, we're not perfect. They talk about you and scrutinize and tell rumors and lies about you and maybe some of it is even true but I want to say I thank God for every one of you I thank God for every pastor I thank God for every deacon I thank God for every Sunday school teacher I even thank God for brother Don Richburg that's a big statement right there friend but aren't you glad friend that you can come to church and the people of God that you're with oh you ought to thank God for the people of God that you're here with tonight. So they had the people of God, number one. Number two, a second thing they had is not only they had the people of God in this place that they had never been, but they had the plan of God as well. Notice with me in verse number two. The Bible says, and it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. In verse four, yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye've not passed this way heretofore. Why was Joshua sharing those words? I'll tell you why. Because that is the plan that God had gave to Joshua. And God had a plan for the people of God. And I want to say again tonight, church, you might think that God don't have a plan. We might be scratching our head brother Gannon and we might not have all the answers and we might wonder what's next November the 3rd's coming Super Tuesday's on the way we don't have any idea people are worried absolutely to death but I want to go ahead and say regardless of a political party none of them really got a plan but I know God has got a great plan and God's plan is going to work and God's plan's going to get us where we need to go and God's got a plan Aren't you glad when you are where you've never been that the God of glory has got a plan for you and I? 
So they had the plan of God. I want to go ahead and throw this one in there. They had the prophet of God or the preacher of God. Who is Joshua? He's none other than the man of God that is leading them. Did he have the popularity of the people? Absolutely not. They were still worried, all fretting about Moses, and Moses had been a great leader. But thank God they had a Joshua, a man of God that would get up and share with them what thus saith the Lord to give you hope. Can I say tonight, aren't you thankful week in and week out your faithful man of God has got up here and shared with the people what the Lord said, encouraging your faith, lifting your spirits trying to give you hope in your heart a spring in your step and staying faithful in the things of God so they had the people of God, the plan of God They had the preacher or the prophet of God, but they had the presence of God. In verse number four, it mentions about the Ark of the Covenant. You and I know that the Ark of the Covenant in typology is a picture of the very presence of God. And I've got to say, a few weeks ago when we was meeting outside at our church, it was difficult. I was standing out there, sun beaming right in my face, parking lots packed, Kel and Tracy there, it was hot. Of course, when you're out in the country and you got a bunch of rednecks like I got, I mean, they had their chairs out on the back of the pickup trucks. Some of them had their lawn chairs out beside their vehicle. Man, it was like a tailgate party at the house of God. They was loving it. All we liked was the fried chicken, and man, it had been on. I don't know if I'd have preached none then. That would have been a hard thing to do. But anyway, it was difficult. It was hard. I mean, that first time had a tent set up, you're outside. I mean, we're used to things being kept the way they are. I mean, we like our pews, and this is all right. And I love coming in our buildings with heat and air and lights and things of that nature. And it was a little different there for a while. But can I say, every time, and I believe the ones that are here from my church tonight will admit to this too, every time we had a service outside, it was as if Brother Gammon, that God would unctionize me. He'd give me some messages during that time, and I felt the presence of God as much or more then than I have in the last 25 years. I'm telling you, aren't you glad in a time like this that the presence of God is still with us? And you can come to church, hear the song sung, and the Spirit of God will lift you up. You come in with your head hanging down, and you can go out with a spring in your step, glory in your soul, and a smile on your face, ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I tell you, I thank God for the presence of God that is real during these days. So they had the people of God, the plan of God, the presence of God. They had the preacher of God, but they had the promise of God. In verse number 9 and 10, it says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and all the other ites. I would do a word study on those and share with you the meaning of those names and share and tie them into our day as to the symbolism as to what we are facing some of those same ites. But time wouldn't allow me to do it. But the promise that God gave was this, victory. 
I've heard people say this all through this pandemic. I mean, not the pandemic. I heard, I heard people say all the way, all through this election, in fact, I mean the, uh, the coronavirus. They've said that uh, it's been very bad, and they've said, man, preacher, it's just, it's, I don't know, and this is just so horrible, and this is, it's just so terrible, and, and this is all, this is so bad. And I said, yep, but you know what? And they'd say, but you know, in the end, God wins. I said, no, I beg to differ. You're wrong. No, 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 no. God don't win in the end. God wins in the beginning. God wins in the middle. And God wins in the end. God wins all the way through this thing, friend. Hey, we're a winner either way. It's like our brother sung a song a while ago. Hey, our circumstances and your circumstances has not changed the fact that we're on the winning side. And we're on the winning side. Aren't you glad that even when you are where you never been, you still got the promise of victory through God. Now let me give you three things and I'm going to be done. Believe that. Believe it. Why did God allow them to get to the place that they had never been. Matter of fact, he took them from Shittim to Jordan. That word, Shittim, means thorns. The Jordan means the river of judgment. So it looks like it's going from bad to worse. It looks like it's not getting any better. Can I be honest with y'all tonight? When you look at the world, and I know evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, and we're not to drive our tent pegs down right here, and I don't have all the eschatological facts like some people do when it comes to prophecy, but I do know that we're going to go when God gets ready for us to get out of here. We're leaving, and this is not our final dwelling place, but I still believe that there is hope for our churches. There's hope for our children. There's hope for our country. There's hope for our nation. There's still hope for the world. You say, why is that? Because the church is still here. There's still hope. Well, why did God allow them to get to where they'd never been? Now I want us to turn this around. Why has God allowed us to get to this place that we've never been? Well, I believe the answer in this story is the same for our story. The very first reason why God allowed them to get to this place they had never been is found in verse number 7. And you'll find the answer there very quickly. And that's because God wanted to magnify Joshua. Look in verse number 7. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Could it be, Brother Sisk, that God has allowed us to get to where we've never been? 
because his intention is to magnify and glorify the Savior of the world and his name is Jesus. During this pandemic, I've seen Facebook be dominated with preachers preaching the gospel. You know, our churches, we have a lot of things for a lot of people to minister in many different ways, and that is good. But I am afraid that we have magnified our programs above the person. I'm talking about on a big picture. We've magnified our names. Brother Gammon, we've, we've magnified our clothes. We've magnified our sanctuaries. We've magnified our buildings. We've magnified our crowds. We've magnified our outreach programs. And all of those are important. I'm not saying that they're not. But there's only one. (laughs) There's only one that's worthy of any glory. And it's not the name of any individual of humanity on this earth. It's not the name of a denomination, of any denomination on this earth. But oh, friend, it is the name that is above all names. And his name is Jesus, the Savior of the world. He's the God of our salvation. And God could have allowed us to be here tonight where you are, where you've never been because he wants to magnify Jesus. Let me give you a second point. Y'all give me about five more minutes. God allowed him to get to this place because he wanted to to magnify Joshua, verse 7. But he also wanted to master Jordan. Look at verse 13. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Y'all know the story. It's over a mile wide, the Jordan. Overflowed all of its banks. It's during harvest time. Imagine the last night they slept beside the Jordan River. Imagine hearing the current of that water going down and then people, God moved them right up next to it the night before they crossed it and Joshua sanctified the people. In other words, said, prepare yourself, get yourself ready. Y'all going over that thing tomorrow. And imagine everything they was hearing was probably scaring them to death. Have y'all heard anything much scared y'all? Some of y'all probably thought, how in the world are we ever going to get through this? Hmm? Scary, ain't it? Huh? Especially if you're listening. 
Oh, yeah, it's spooky. It's very spooky. Scary times. But just as God parted the Red Sea with the blow of his nostrils, this generation of children that was coming on behind their mamas and daddies that did not fully follow God, God, and I do not want to disrespect his deity nor his character, but God was about to blow his nose again in the Jordan River when they crossed her again the next morning. And could it be that God is wanting to do for us and you in your life? There's things that scared you to death that you've said, I'll never get through this. I'll never get over this. I'll never make it on the other side of this. But God might just use this as a platform to prove to you that yes, you won't get over it, but he'll take you right through this that's held you back. So, God allowed him to get to this place because he wanted to magnify Joshua. He wanted to master Jordan. But here's my last point. God allowed him to get to this place he'd never been. I, I think the last one would be because he wanted to mesmerize Jericho. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, let's look, at verse, let's look at verse 14. Let's back up. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overflowed all its banks all the time of harvest that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zaratan and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho. God has a sense of humor. It was almost like God was sticking his tongue out at Jericho. You see, the rumors had already got to Jericho and they'd been talking about what had happened at the Red Sea for years. And now, as if some of them was probably, oh, God didn't do that. Y'all, y'all don't believe that. He's like, okay, we're going to flood the Jordan and we're going to say, hey, y'all, watch this. Jericho being a picture of the world. You know, you turn on the news media today and everything's anti-God. Everything's anti-Christian. Everything seems to be anything that is liberal or of the socialist, communist agenda. It hardly to find anything that is for the Christian or the believer. And you see churches all over our country that are fighting mayors and towns and states trying to stay open and are paying penalties. And now even some governors are saying they're going to fine the local assemblies if they do not cooperate with the state. By the way, I do remember the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, which is the right to peacefully assemble and their separation of church and state. And our rights shall not be infringed upon in any of the Bill of Rights. And so I do know that. But yet it's hard to find any that will stand up. We'll stand up for gay rights. We'll stand up for abortion rights. We'll stand up for all those. But listen, friend, we've got rights too. That's right. And it looks like, it looks like right now that the, that the world system has the church by the tail. But can I tell you, the gig ain't up yet, and the plan of God hadn't reached fruition, and God is going to part this Jordan River, and the people of God are going to go over this thing on dry, 
dry ground. You just wait, friend, until the news media has got to scratch their head and this world that's been laughing us to scorn, whether it be the second coming of Jesus and we go through the sky or we stand here on this earth and fight it out through faith, I still believe that God is going to mesmerize the world that you and I live in. Why? Because he is God and him there is none else. So you're saying tonight, preacher, I'm at a place where I've never been. Can I tell you we all are? Every one of us here tonight are at the same place. Every one of us. You say, what do I need to do? You need to stay faithful to church. Don't be caught in Babylon and that crowd that stayed in Babylon when the rest of them was leaving Babylon after the captivity. And by the way, the word Babylon means confusion. And that's what's taking America by storm, confusion. And there's a lot of people ain't never going to come back. You need to stay faithful to church. Stay faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Hang in there. You need to encourage your preacher because he's at a place he ain't never been to. I ain't never been here. And I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying to trust God. And he's going to do things different than the church down the road. And the church down the road is going to do things different. But we're trying to mind God to stay faithful to your church. Stay faithful in prayer. Keep encouraging that man of God and his wife and family. And rooting them on. Do everything you can to help somebody. And let's just keep glorifying God and watch what God does through all of this thing. Because it ain't going to be long. This too shall pass. And we're going to come out victorious again. Because God's got a plan. I can promise you that. Here's a verse of scripture I want to give to you and I'm going to be done. And that is this. But we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. God bless you, Brother Gammon. Let's all stand tonight, I guess. I'm finished. Thank you for letting me be here this evening.